Welcome to the Dead Format, episode 49. My name is Ian McEwen, and I'm joined tonight by the Scotch alchemist, Tom Smiley, and we're here to talk about Legacy. Oh man, I've been on a deep dive. Last night, I watched like an hour and a half worth of YouTube videos on peat harvesting and barrel making, and oof, while drinking scotch the whole time. Are you trying to make your own scotch or something? I I am not, but last night I was quite a few scotches in, lamenting the fact of coopering as a lost art, watching some old Irish guy make a barrel and (laughs) talking about what's been happening to to the profession. Bro, I'm always fascinated by like the last names that are also trades, like Cooper or like Baker or like uh, Mason, you know what I mean? Or smiley, yeah, I mean, that's smiley, I guess, origins, right? origins of surnames. Yeah, man. Yeah. Pour one out for the Coopers, I guess. Yep. So is Pete, I, I don't really know about this stuff. Like I know Pete is like a taste to the scotch, but is it literally like moss growing on the barrel? Well, it's like, it's not on the barrel. Basically, Pete is, and obviously I'm not an expert, but Pete is basically like, turf like dirt with decomposed grass and everything like that and what they do is they dig it out of the ground in bricks and they dry it out and they burn it like firewood so the 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 peat doesn't cover the barrels what they do is before they malt the barley they smoke it with the peat to dry it out and in doing that the smoke imparts flavor onto the barley before they distill it ah so it's basically like like what you would do with a brisket to yep. put some flavor on it. They do that with the barley. Bro, I was about to use that brisket example. That's funny. Yeah. That's interesting, man. I didn't know that. I always just thought it was some moldy shit growing in the barrel. Yeah, it is. It is definitely not. But we got updates. We got updates on a few big things. Yeah, we got a magic cartoon coming to Netflix. Oh, bro. man, we're going to skip the first one. Everybody's been tagging you, man. I, I saw it, uh, like 15 tags on Discord this morning, and I just closed it right away because I was like, oh, fuck, I still didn't do that shirt thing. I really need to do that. I'm, I'm going to do that tonight, man, because it's been like three weeks of, of me putting this shit off. I apologize, everybody. It's on me. All right, and... and just in time for our shirt release, we're gonna get a cartoon on Netflix, bro. What the fuck is this? <laughs> like, what? So I hope I hope it's good, man. Like, Wh- I I really hope it's not bad. What I'm does excited, it, What does though. it mean though? A cartoon on Netflix? Is it like for kids or? Honestly, I have no idea. I hope it's more Last Airbender than what is that pig? What does Peppa- that mean? What does Last Airbender mean? Oh, it's oh man. Is that a basketball movie? Oh, no. No, it's not. It's good. Let's just leave it at that. I know, So I know BoJack Horseman. I know Rick and Morty. I know Family Guy and South Park. Like, I know comedy cartoons, right? Okay, I, so it's not It's not really a comedy cartoon. There's cartoons that take themselves seriously, but also aren't aimed at children. Like, I watched G.I. Joe when I was a kid. Is it going to be like that? Okay, hopefully, hopefully it is a better G.I. Joe. How about that? I'll settle for that, but I'm not going to watch it, you know? Oh, I'm still going to watch it. I don't yeah. give a shit. Even if it's bad, <laughs> I'm going to watch it. Really? Like, if it if it is close to as good as the old school 80s Dungeons and Dragons cartoon, I'll fucking, I'll boot that up. I'll watch it. I'll watch the whole thing. 
Bro, where do you find these cartoons, man? I never heard of Dungeons and Dragons cartoon. Oh, man. You ever... Oh, there are so many good old cartoons, like the Hobbit cartoon, the animated <sighs> Hobbit, the oh, the Lord of the Rings, all the old... Oh, we, we, we're going to spend too much time talking about this. We got a bunch of other stuff. I'm going to spend no time, bro. I never heard of any of this stuff, but I, okay. I'll, I'll, give, it, I'll give it an episode. You know. I'll give it an episode tag, for sure. Tag Ian on Twitter. <laughs> I, I just really hope it's not an embarrassment, man. Like, uh, everybody laughing at us, you know? That, that's all I can hope for. Me too. Speaking of uh, everybody laughing at us, I, I feel like I when I said that this was going to be the worst Stanley Cup ever with the Bruins and the, the Blues, I pretty much put a, put a nail in the coffin of this being like an all-time great series, man, because this has been some of the best hockey I can recall watching in a long time. Game three kind of sucked because it was a blowout. But the first period was well, amazing hockey. The Blues just got shook and, and just lost it. But the, this game, it's a shame we're, I'm missing this game, or we're both missing this game right now, because the first period was fucking incredible. Yeah, we're dumbasses for having a fucking Magic the Gathering podcast. On Monday night, bro. It's like Monday nights for some reason, turns out to be like the sports night of the year, right? We've missed like Monday night football, Stanley Cups, all sorts of shit. It's a Ca- sacrifice. NCAA championship. Hit hit us up at patreon.com slash format <laughs> so that we can... Oh, by the way, D- we got a new patron this week. Big baller. DJ Seco. Oh, no way. Yep. DJ, DJ is now in our Discord. And I really... I actually missed him. It sucked that we didn't get to go to Niagara with him. But maybe, maybe he'll be making it to Atlanta. Well, he's been away in like london or scotland or ireland perhaps for the past three weeks at least so he was playing some old school over there i missed him too i think he did play old school honestly and uh hopefully he played some golf too because i've always wanted to play the old course or any of the old courses over there really i would just play with some fucking sheep herders on a hill honestly man they invented golf over there so yeah dig dig me some peat while you're out there find Find an old man that knows how to make a barrel, and we'll get to it. Bro, I'd be the Rodney P of Scotland, man. I'd be all over that shit. So this uh, this coming weekend is not the 12th, right? This coming weekend is like the 6th. Is anything going on this weekend? SCG Con, right? Yeah, SCG Con is this weekend. And then the next weekend is the uh, Horizons, Modern Horizons. Uh, set release pre-release thing and there's actually a gp corresponding to this in dc and i'd be lying if i said i was zero percent to go man i'm I'm honestly trying to like work it out right now i hope you do get to go that'd be great there's no way so you're not going no there's zero percent chance i uh it's exciting but you know how i was talking about how i was doing classes my my semester's half over like I'm taking multiple classes, and we just had midterms. It's going by so quick that there's no way that I can miss time. Jesus Christ, man. Yeah. Yeah, that's crazy. I, see, I thought I was going to get permission from you to be like a full barnacle turd, because I thought you were going to say you were going with like Mike and JT or something. Oh, no. I, I'm i out of commission for a little bit, just given my, my time. Damn. All right. So maybe I'm not going. I don't know, man. We'll figure it out, but it does seem really tempting to me to play in this format. It looks pretty sweet. I'm playing, obviously, a ton of limited, 
And uh, DC's not that far away, right? It is not. But we'll see if I end up going. Otherwise, I'm just going to stay around here, go to Game Etc., and jam like five pre-releases because it looks like there's good value. Yeah, this, man, we're going to get to talking about this set today. Whew, we got a lot to talk about. Yeah, so before we get into that, this is going to be like a set review episode pretty much. But a couple more things. The London Mulligan, obviously, we found out today, goes into effect in like six weeks or so. And local game stores, I guess, can technically already be using it if they decide to. But with, coming with the core set, the next standard set to be released, it's going to just be in effect. So we've already talked about it at length before. Uh, I think we're both in agreement that it's not, not a huge deal, that maybe over the long term the meta shakes up, might need like a certain card band or something like that. But I think we all expected this, right? Yeah, I I think we both were on board with we are getting this for sure, and now we have it. And there are a lot of people that are really frustrated, but it's just another thing that you're going to have to factor into your decision-making process. The rules are the same for everybody. It It's kind of like a new card pool or a new set of cards getting a boost from new printings. Obviously, the London Mulligan doesn't print any new cards, but it... It does make certain card combinations stronger because you can get them more reliably. So it's just something that everybody's going to have to get used to. It'll shake things up for a little bit. But the sky isn't falling. We're going to get it. And I think after people play with it a few times, they're going to wonder why they used to play the old mulligan. Or why why they would... I don't know. Man, I really like the London mulligan and we'll see what happens. Yeah, I mean, that's how it felt to me playing it. Like, it felt bad going back to the other Mulligan style. But it was kind of shitty when, like, we were trying to test for the Grand Prix and prepping for no London Mulligan against people who are just trying to exploit it. So that problem will kind of be out of the way. There's this whole other problem of, like, the meta just being fucked by Narsa and Karn right now. That's kind of like an independent variable that's being introduced. So it's it's kind of unfortunate that it's not like a settled format that the mulligan is coming to so we can't really it'll be hard to attribute you know what exactly the effects of the mulligan are at first there's going to be a lot of like false indicators i think but it, it'll all settle down given enough time right i agree and man legacy's been shaken up we we got great new printings in war we have a ton of really great stuff in modern horizons we got a new mulligan, and with the way Wizards is making these these set releases, I wouldn't be surprised if the new core set has some stuff too. So, I think Legacy being that stagnant, really slow moving format is just it's not it's not what it used to be. Yeah, it's kind of scary too, though. I mean, there there are definitely powerful new cards. I don't know if I would call them them great necessarily. Like, I, I'm not sure that. That like uh, I think that Karn and Narset have had like a positive effect on the format, and I'm not really the best one to be talking about this. A lot of this is leaning on other people's opinions who I've talked to and played a lot more than I have, because I just hopped back into Modo. Uh, literally last night, I played a league with uh, Brian Koval. Posted a list like a miracles list on Twitter. And I was honestly a little bit afraid to jump back into the leagues, man. But this list had seven cards from War of the Spark that I recognized. So 
yeah, I was comfortable playing to uh, to Narsa, to Teferi, Time Raveler, to Dobin's Veto and Ashiok. Yeah, uh, when when I when I said great, what I meant was the power level was high enough. Not like oh, yeah, yeah. these cards are wonderful for the format. I meant they are powerful cards that actually make an impact. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, I figured that's kind of what you meant. But yeah, I played against uh four Narset decks, two of which had Arcanist and a Karn deck. So it was very much just like Narset mirrors and and then playing against Karn, you know? And a yep. lot of it felt really tremendously snowbally. Like you you got under somebody and there was no coming back, you know? The, the effect that Red Blast has in the post-board games... The post-board games are a lot more interesting than the pre-board games. I'll say that. But, uh, yeah, I, I wasn't... I mean, I was playing Miracle, so I wasn't going to love it either way. But I, I really... I, I was very tentative. Like, I came out with a very... Uh, that was okay sort of feeling. You know, I went, like, 3-2. It wasn't... It was, I didn't do particularly well either, but... I don't know, man. I'm looking forward to getting back into... Like playing some some decks that I'm more interested in this week and seeing how it feels. Awesome. So uh, we had we had an email and we had a comment about how people really like it when we disagree. Yeah, we've had plenty of these comments, bro. But this dude Jesse's in our Discord, brainstorm fetch. He uh, he's a good dude. I'm talking to him a lot lately, but uh, he he was saying that uh are we going to do a set review episode and if so can we do a top three cards we disagree on because he specifically likes when we fight on the episodes i have a feeling we're going to be today <laughs> i don't think we're going to highlight it that way like uh, maybe uh in the post-production uh people can pick out what the what the top three are but i think we're just going to sort of run down the list right uh yeah so um we also had an email from tom stanton in England, in the UK, in Great Britain, send us in send London? us an email. I think he's in the London area, but he's moving. Okay. He's he's moving to the US, and he's going to be in the DC area, and he's looking to play some Legacy. Nice. So this this led me led me to what everybody's really wanting to know about tonight. When is the decision? When are we going to know where you are going to end up? Because we're coming up close, right? Bro, it's June 12th. Yeah, it's like 10 days from now. Now, your fate is kind of hung in the balance of these questionnaires and rankings that you all have filled out. I, <laughs> I, hope, I hope you end up somewhere great. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how great the, the options are, really. I, I hope it's somewhere... Somewhere that's serviceable, at least, right? Like, I, I, I've sort of, uh, I've, like, uh, what's the word? Comforted myself, calmed myself with the thought of, of being in Portland. Like, I, I'm okay with going to Portland, Oregon now. I'm okay with going to uh, Cleveland, for sure. Uh, Minneapolis and St. Louis. So, Indy, I don't know, man. Indianapolis, I'm not so sure about. But. So, I think, I... I, I... I don't know if I actually believe in karma. I believe in things that are sort of adjacent <laughs> adjacent to it. But man, would it be perfect if you end up in St. Louis? Bro, I'm I, just I'm just saying that would be point, absolutely perfect. At this point, it seems like a fucking given, right? Like it's just <laughs> it just has to happen now. 
I, I feel like I, I've definitely fucking jinxed myself into this shit, into this two years of suffering. But we'll see what happens. I mean, I've been, I've been really enjoying watching the hockey team. Yeah. My boy Sanford from BC is playing down there, so that's pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. Awesome. So, All right, so yeah, we're going to get in to our set review. And, I mean, are we going to count the playable cards, or are we just going to concede that that it's bigger than 10? <laughs> all right. So first of all, I'm not really all in on this, on this bet. Like I, I don't really feel like personally staked in this, like some of the other bets we've had before. So I'm okay with losing it, but I'm not sure that I am losing it after looking at the list. But anyway, we, we might have to review it a little more before okay. we get into this. though, I just wanted to shout out this, this one dude I played against last night, uh, Tyler James Gardner, TJG. He was uh, streaming with uh, Narset Rug still. And I thought that was a really pretty cool, cool list and a good stream. Check them out. Awesome. Twitch.tv slash Tyler James Gardner. Awesome. Yeah, man. So yeah, I, I really don't, don't know how many of these cards, like it'll be interesting because I think that you tend to fall on the side of like not thinking a card is playable. So you're kind of going to be fighting your own uh, natural tendencies to dismiss cards, I think. Yeah, fun. but but now I I have the over, so <laughs> right. it's, it's to my it's to my benefit to argue for cards that I might have said, you know what I don't think this is gonna work, but now I'm going off of potential, <laughs> so so it 100 percent changes the side of the bet that I have because if I had the under right now I'd be like ah oh, these cards are garbage there's no no way they're gonna see play as four playable cards. So but, basically, what you're trying to say is you think that the Black Force is going to see uh, Cyborg play in Hurts of Stellar? I, I think we'll talk about that when we get there, but I don't. I don't, <laughs> okay. actually. I was, I was right. checking to see how crazy you were. Yeah, but so I, I think that the best spoiler site, the one that I always use is mythicspoiler.com, and it's got a beautiful layout. The cards are ordered, like, not... Not the best, but it's rarity by color and then multicolored and artifacts and lands are together. So I think the best way for us to do this is to go through Mythic Spoiler row by row. So if you are listening in a car, we'll read the cards for you. But if you're if you're at a computer, if you're relaxing, if you're enjoying the dead <laughs> format to the maximum and you have a glass of scotch... And you have the little spinner wheel with all of the cities that Ian's talked about. Running your own <laughs> simulations about where he's going to end. Open up mythicspoiler.com and take a journey with us. If you're driving, that's no excuse, bro. Texting is one thing. No, nobody nobody do, do should not, be texting no, while driving. Fucking you can absolutely look at Mythic Spoiler while you're riding on the highway. That is no, because then you got to blow up the cards and you got to read it and like... You're going to be reading this first card that we talk about, and you're going to rear-end somebody. Okay, if you only have one arm or one eyeball, don't do this. But if you have two, you have no fucking excuse. There's Multi- no way that you can read Urza and fucking look at the road. Okay, I still haven't read Urza, regardless of whether I'm driving <laughs> or not. So, I'll give you that one. But Okay, so the first card that I wanted to talk about was Urza, High Lord Artificer. One... It's fucking badass we get an actual playable Urza card. 
Is it playable? I feel like okay, this is so, disrespect to Urza. But. Okay. So there's that there's that Leovold clause where if a card has that much text, you have to take it seriously. And it, it's a blue card that does a bunch of insane stuff. Yeah, but there's also this Muhammad clause where you're not supposed to draw pictures of the, the prophet or whatever. And I feel like that's what they're doing, man. They're disrespecting Urza by putting him on a card that's just like a basic creature. Okay, so it is. Let's read it first. <laughs> do you do you want to read it for the first time? Sure. Urza, Lord High Artificer. Two blue blue legendary human artificer. When Urza enters the battlefield, create a zero zero colorless construct artifact creature token with this creature gets plus one plus one for each artifact you control. So a construct. Tap an untapped artifact you control, add blue. That's unbound, so you could it could be a summoning sick artifact, it could be whatever the fuck. Just tap it to add blue. And then pay five, shuffle your library, then exile the top card until end of turn. You may play that card without paying its mana cost, really? Yeah. Oh, what the fuck? <laughs> and it's a one four. Okay, so this card is not something you can just sort of throw into an existing shell. Maybe the artifact-based Tezzeret deck, either Black, Blue, or Grixis, you can sort of slot this into. Any Thopter Sword deck, too, yeah, I and imagine. Yeah, like, I, I don't really see too many... Like, I know um, uh, Nick Ferno plays a version of, of Thopter Sword that this would slot right into, but most Legacy players aren't really doing that. But this does so much. Like... Allows you to go infinite with Thopter Sword. Yeah. Gives you a construct, just a value, enter the battlefield card. Allows you allows you to sort of unstormed uh Mind's Desire. Allows you to mini Mind's Desire off of all of the mana that you can generate. Oh yeah, yeah. So it's it I don't I don't know if this card is ever going to make an impact. But when I'm going through this, this is absolutely a card that could end up being broken at some point. I think it's a card that can certainly see as much play as Tezzeret. Okay, and I, I think I think Tezzeret is a playable card. Okay. So it, it, let's, let's count Urza as a half. Are you okay with this, where we split the difference... I was I was actually going to propose that we count Urza and Yogmoth together as one half, so they each get point two five. Well, because, I don't I don't think Yogmoth is playable. Okay, so then we're, then we break even. All right, that's point five then. Okay, so we have Urza, we have Urza a half. Did you want to talk about Yogmoth? Because I don't. Not I, really. It's it's it, kind of similar to Urza in a way. And I mean, it's meant to be a, like a pair with Urza, right? It's two black, black, legendary cleric, two, four, protection from humans, pay one life, sacrifice another creature, put a minus one, minus one counter on up to one target creature and draw a card. So it, it's a sack outlet. You're losing a little life, but drawing a, a ton of cards and wrath in their board. And pay two black, discard a card, proliferate. So it's a disgusting engine, right? But it needs, it's like a huge bell around. Yeah, and honestly, like, I was really disappointed. This is this is Yogmoth. Yogmoth's will is one of like the most broken cards in the game, and Yogmoth sucks. 
Yeah. Sorry, he, I don't. He he's not on the same power level as as what I would expect Yogmoth to be. It's like an EDH Yogmoth, right? Yeah. Like this ain't the dude from the tomb, that's for sure. No, absolutely not. All right. This is cartooned. This is the anime Yogmoth. Yeah, for sure. And I think that the the third card in this row, the next card, kind of belongs with these two. Season really? Pyromancer. Yeah. I don't think Season Pyromancer is playable at all. Well, okay. I I agree, but I think it belongs with them in cards that have way too much text on them and can kind of trick you into thinking they're playable. Okay. Okay. I got tricked by Urza. <laughs> I didn't. I don't think I got tricked by Yogmoth or Season Pyromancer. I think we should read Season Pyromancer though. It's it's one red red for a two two human shaman, not legendary. Just so just a Season Pyromancer. It's an interesting outfit. We got some abs. We got some chest. We got a little bit of dick root. It looks like, and when it's like a like a window, kind of like a cleavage window, but for his for his genital region. When season pyromancer enters the battlefield, discard two cards, then draw two cards. For each non-land card discarded this way, create a one-one red elemental creature token. So faithless looting, right? Well. Uh, faithless rummaging, I guess, make two one one elementals. So you're getting four power toughness, right? For discarding non land guards, and then you can pay three red red exile season pyromancer from your graveyard, create two one one red elemental creature tokens. I I agree. I I don't think this card is, is playable, honestly. So we can, we okay. can just kind of leave it. I'm not I'm not going to be able to unsee the dick root though. <laughs> just, Bro, like, what oh, is man. it? What is that window? Like I don't get it. I we don't need to talk about it because now everybody's gonna li- like you're gonna be driving and you'd be like oh yeah that is dick root and then you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna rear end somebody and have to explain why you weren't paying attention. Come on, multitask people. Okay. D- what about the next card? Do you need to talk about this card? I don't think so. What about the fact I that mean, it's, it's a it's a two one creature Savannah Lion that's a fucking mythic? How about that? It's gonna it's gonna go into every cube, but I I don't think we need to talk about it for legacy. Okay. I, I don't I put it on my list and I put a question mark because I didn't want to have to defend it and I didn't think that it was necessarily going into any deck so I'm glad I, we're in agreement I think that we might we might have had to talk about it if you could level up as an instant but I still don't I still don't know right so um it doesn't I don't think we have to talk about it agreed all right but but this next row this first card you're gonna have to take this card because I don't I don't see the the place where it's playable. It could be that I'm just missing it, but oh, I I I don't think that first card. I so the first card in this row is Ranger Captain of Eos, and since you can't tutor it up with Recruiter, right. I don't think it has a place in Death and Taxes. Agreed. It uh doesn't really have the combo potential that the Knight Captain had with tutoring up multiple one drops. I think the being able to sacrifice it so your opponent get silenced until the end of the turn is cute but i i think that the other white hate bears are probably better and the fact that you can't get this with a recruiter means that it's one of potential and death and taxes is low yeah but this the second card the second card in this list man this is a this is a perfect card it is there's first of all it's got some beautiful Therese nielsen artwork it's like a guru style planetary shit going on 
So obviously this is a blue mythic. You know something big is about to happen. Four blue blue is what it says on the top. But this is Echo of Eons. Each player shuffles their hand and graveyard into their library, then draws seven cards. So time twister, just straight fucking time twister for four blue blue. Nothing big at this point, but then it has flashback to the blue. It's a now, sorcery, by the way. The, the applications of this with Lion's Eye Diamond have been talked about a bunch. But I feel like anytime you put this this draw seven ability on a card it it just has the potential to be completely abused right like this card is not going to be cast for four blue blue you can almost just sort of ignore that right and you can start to think about applications with intuition and lion's eye diamond and storm-based decks that can really utilize what this card is trying to do now obviously since it shuffles there's a little bit of dissynergy with past in flames, yep. but having access to this just seems like a, seems like a great tool. Now also in the last set, we had Narset printed and yep. wow, does it, does it, must it feel good to draw seven fresh new minty cards while your opponent gets zero and yeah. loses their hand. Yeah, exactly. And we're in a, like a group chat with Josh Blingman, and he was losing the shit over this card when it got spoiled. I was trying to hang with him making lists for a minute, but obviously he's got a lot more experience with that than I do. But it's interesting, man. Like I feel like when this card got spoiled, everybody was going nuts. And then I I haven't really seen a list yet where I was like, "Yep, that's the one," right? Like it kind of reminds me of Days Undoing when Days Undoing got printed in Origins, and everyone was going crazy, but then nobody actually brought anything to the table. Like we saw it show up with like uh, As Foretold, or like some other weird shit, like uh, Restore Balancey kind of decks. I don't know the name of those decks, but yeah. Now I don't, I don't ever remember going nuts over Days Undoing. I think, I think this is significantly better. Mm. I agree that this this has definitely more potential than Days Undoing, but I'm just saying like a draw seven overall, like maybe it just gets people wet, but it's not. I I personally think that this card is going to end up being abused, but I I also just want to say I haven't seen the list for it, and I've worked on a few different lists like in my head for it, and when I go back and look at them, I'm like, is that really powerful enough, or is it kind of a glass cannon? I I can agree with that. It is kind of nice, though, that it's hard to get broken up with discard because you want this in your graveyard anyway. I agree. It, and dude, how it, scary works, is it, it works really well with a card like Faithless Looting as well. Yes, yeah, for sure. And how scary is it that it works really well with Karn? Which, <laughs> which is rather nuts. Yeah, that's kind of scary, right? Like, ugh. All right. Like, like the 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 chalice deck shouldn't get Tom Twister. So, the next row, the Force Cycle. Yep. Now, I think that we can agree that Force of Negation is a playable card. Absolutely. Okay. So I I don't want to talk too much about it. It's playable. I'm also going to make the argument. 
that the green force Whoa. is sideboard playable in certain metagames. Okay. Uh, I think the red one is awful. Yep. I think the black one is also pretty bad. Yep. And the white one, I don't think is playable, but I could see a world where Dude. like... Yes. Where that where that sneaks in to actually be sneakily good, I completely agree with that. Like everybody's like dunking on the white one, and I was like, it's actually really not that bad, you know. Like I could totally see sideboard in one of those. I I think that if there's lots of minus effects, yeah, that that can pick up this. I I mean it's it's a free spell, yeah, and it has a powerful ability. However, it's obviously not the same power level as the blue one, but I could I could see it doing something. So I'm not going to count the green and the white one as playable, even though I think that the white one could be sneakily good and the green one could potentially see sideboard spots in certain metas. But the force of negation is absolutely playable and should be down. Right. So the white one, honestly, too, I it is a free spell. I think maybe it's because we played Bant so much that we're thinking about it this way. Because that was kind of like a tap out, like a mid-range deck where, where you go like dork into true name into like jit equip or something. Like you're using... Yeah. And you're every using... time every time you saw a Golgari charm, you just get blown out. <laughs> this yeah, card, exactly. This card stops that. Like if they're smart, they play around the days and wait till turn three to fire off the Golgari charm. You can blow them out with this. But also... If it's not that exact scenario where they're they're trying to minus one you on turn three or you know play around days, you can just hard cast this card and it's a Gideon emblem with flash, like after blockers or whatever, or after they've made an attack and you get to eat a Tarmogoy for something like that. You know what I'm saying? And you can't decay this even. So this card, it, it, yes, it is a pitch card and yes, it is valuable, but I think it's just castable. You know what I mean? Like like more castable yeah. than. Well, I mean, it's it's flash, right? So you right. can hold up your spell pierce and then just end step it. Yeah, it, exactly. So it, it's my sleeper pick. Yep. No, I'm totally on board. So you want to okay. give this row a two then? So I'm I'm okay with just giving it a one. Okay. Just the blue, just the blue one, and people might want to talk about the black one. I don't really, I don't really want to talk about the black one. I don't think the black one's good. No, I think it it might maybe it's a modern card. I don't know. But I, I'm not personally very interested in it for Legacy now. I, I do think I do think though that it's worth having like a one minute on Force of Negation. Obviously, okay. obviously, no one's ever going to play this over Force of Will, right? But right. to say that it's like not playable or something, I think that you have to be missing some aspect of the card, which is either that you can just cast it for one blue blue and get around all the restrictions on it, like the the turn thing and all that. It exiles, right? So it's just cancel or dissolve, I guess it would be. It it's dissolve, but it's also another pitch counter. And I don't know if you remember when we were talking with Brian before like the Leaving Legacy Open started, one of the last Leaving Legacy Opens, and I was like, Oh, are there judges here? Like can I sideboard my fifth force of will? Remember we were just like dicking around, like joking. Yes. And like, you you got completely turned around and changed up your whole list because of him? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. That, that sucked. But anyway, like just joking about like how many force of wills would you play if you could, right? And like that question has never really been answered because we've always played with, you know, this rule that you can only use four of a card. But 
if you were to break that chain of, you know, there's a four limit on cards, how many of, of certain cards would you play? And I feel like a lot of people maybe have never considered that question of how many forcibles would you put in your deck if you could put an unbounded number of them? Because it's not 10. You know what I mean? It, it's, it might be a number higher than four, but it's not like you want 20 of them. You know what I mean? That's, that's absurd. Like, and it depends on the metagame. There might be certain combo right. heavy metagames where a deck like Sneak and Show ends up doing really well where you might, you might want force five. Right, exactly, or four, even four or six, and like you see people cut down to three in their main deck as a response to like a very mid rangey meta game or something like that, right? But being able to now have effectively like a, a fifth emergency force of will, a sixth emergency force of will for sideboard plans, I'm I'm really interested in how many of these wind up in main decks. But that, that's just I, I my think, little I tangent. think it's going to start being relegated to the sideboard. But maybe in a deck like Rug that can really take advantage of free spells, it sees play in one of the flex spots. Who knows? We're, we're, we're going to see. Yeah, uh, our friend Ryan Lesko is telling me he's going to play one in Rug Delver for sure to start out. So that's apparently somewhere it's getting looks. So I was thinking of it more in like, you know, harder control decks, like, you know, like the Miracles kind of builds, but. It'll be interesting, man. I'm really looking forward to seeing what this does. And I really like having this in the format. All right. Next row. Goblin Engineer. You don't want to go with Archmage's Charm? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. All right. Do, do you think that's playable? Uh, no. I mean, I think like somebody like Marcus might be able to run one. But... Yeah, I feel like the deck building constrictions around... Or the deck building restrictions around something that's triple blue limit it immensely and obviously being able to steal a merit age is great yeah and adding one blue onto a counter spell like it's not the worst but i i feel like it would more be relegated to some sort of steal a merit age sideboard spot and i, I don't i don't think it it's really worth talking about okay that, yeah that's fine i mean i don't i'm not gonna play it for sure but i i like, how often do you see Cryptic Command in Legacy, you know what I mean? And this is technically one mana cheaper, but it's got triple blue, so... Right. Yeah, I don't I don't think it's close. Alright, so Goblin Engineer, what is this card? I haven't looked at this one yet. Alright, so it is one in a red for a 1-2 Goblin Artificer. And when it enters the battlefield, you can search your library for an artifact card, put it in your graveyard, and shuffle your library. So it's a tutor, but it tutors to the graveyard. And <sighs> for a red tapping it and sacrificing an artifact you get to return an artifact with converted mana cost three or less from your graveyard to the battlefield so it like it mini welds it has a casting cost restriction on it but in a deck like painter yeah this gets you the combo piece and combined with welder i feel like obviously this card is only fitting into a very fringe deck that got wrecked by a ban <laughs> over two years ago but i i feel like goblin engineer is a perfect card for that deck well it does alleviate this tension of chalice with welder right that that has always existed as sort of like this awkwardness well you had since you always had banned. cavern and right you had cavern, cavern. cavern on goblins gets this too right yes it does but there's also like the you know you have to stick the turn one chalice 
and then you don't have the cavern yet. So it does wind up, you know, getting stuck sometimes. So I do think that this is pretty valid in that spot. And it'll be interesting to see, like, if they don't need to worry so much about the cavern, whether, like, they can play more like a Blood Moon deck, right? So almost picture, like, a Blood Moon deck, but swapping in the Painter package for the 8 Ravel package. Okay. I think I think that Blood Moon shell probably just works better with... Probably, yeah. With the, with the attacking guys, but... I mean, this this gets bridge. It can bring a bridge back. You have a little bit more flexibility. So I'm not saying that's impossible and sort of out of the question, but when I saw this card, I was like, I kind of want to call this playable because I, I know that there is a deck that doesn't see a lot of play, but this is a perfect card for it. Yeah, I mean, I guess I would go half on that because... Okay, like how often I'm okay. Do I'm okay with that. Usually the painters that I've seen too lately are the blue ones, so it's kind of, it's really kind of fringe to see that like red painter build now. Ab- absolutely, I agree with that. But this next row, <laughs> man, this next row, uh, the best card in the set. Oh my god, what what is B- the best card in the set? Bizarre Trade Mage. Oh god, alright. I thought you were being serious. It's, uh, Bizarre Trade Mage is kind of... It's, it's kind of an interesting card, though. Like, uh, it, it it is, though. Bizarre Trade Mage is a 3-4 flyer for 2 and a blue. Yeah, so is Surrender, and that doesn't see play. Right, but this has, like, build around upside, right? So if there were to be, like, a blue chalice, like a, a blue stompy deck, this card would, would warrant consideration. But I don't think that this is, like, a playable just on its own merits i agree with you but i i also i'm not i'm really interested to hear what you have to say about the rest of this row okay so i think dead of winter 100 playable in box so in you know what maybe not maybe <laughs> maybe it's 100 playable in pox i'll give you that but yeah, it's but like, like a one-off yeah, I, I don't think I want to make this argument. I think that the other black <laughs> minus X minus X spells are just better. Okay. Where I would almost always rather have a... Yeah, I'd almost always rather have a Deluge. So, I'm not counting Dead of Winter as one of my cards, even though, man, Zack Stella's artwork on this it's sick, is bro. beautiful. This is, this is one of the best arts I've seen lately. I, I was having trouble talking about Giver of Runes, because I feel like... It's not as good as Mom. Well, it kind of asks that same question as Force of Negation asks, though. Like, you can only play for Mother of Runes, right? But how many would you play if you could play more? Because this is a poor substitute, but it is a substitute, right? Like, it's the same role. It's, It's obviously not one through four. It's clearly number five. But do they want this? And I think in a Death and Taxes shell, you don't. I think the moms are enough. Okay. And when you take a when you take a look at a deck like Maverick, they weren't even playing the full play set of moms anyway. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I I think that Giver of Runes is close, but I don't think it's legacy playable. I hundred percent agree with you, and I'm I'm glad you're saying that. Okay. So next row. You don't want to talk about Pashalik Mons? No, I mean like we finally got we finally got the Mons. We know where the, go- where the goblins are raiding from. 
Bro, but what do you about think, do you what think about Skirk like, Prospector? Uh, do you know Skirk Prospector? Is that the one that makes mana when you sacrifice stuff? Yeah. So like you could you could just like drop him, sack a bunch of goblins for mana, deal a bunch of damage, make some more goblins, sack them for mana. Yeah, I don't think it's infinite, but I think it lets you like you know for every one mana, do two damage or something like that. But I mean, didn't d- goblins never really had a problem with like killing people when they had a bunch of goblins in a bunch no, of mana? No, I, right? I was thinking more about like a zombardment thing. Okay. I I think that because it has to be a goblin and you lose all of the synergy with like Gravecrawler and uh maybe yeah. maybe lingering souls tokens that it's just not good enough. Okay. Yeah, that's that's pretty fair. All, all right. right. You don't want to talk about Ayala Queen Among Bears. <laughs> Look at I this mean, fucking art. Sick, sick card. This card's baller. The not, art though, the, the head on the art. Playable. Like what the fuck is the head on the art, bro? Yo, this is like a like a sun <laughs> crown bear. She's queen, man. She no, just had her a, hair done. It's a fucking dog her in a bear suit. Nails are done. That's a dog in a bear suit, bro, with a crazy thorny crown on. Hey, I mean, it's, it's, sweet. it's, it's, it's a so sweet beautiful, bear. but it's sweet bear. It is a sweet bear. All right, I think that collector Ophi. Is it an Ophi? Is that how no, you pronounce it? No. It's a oof. Oof? It's a oof. Is that how you say it? That's how I've always said it. I don't know, man. It's a oof. I hold on. I gotta I gotta look this up. Pronounce it's... Google pronounce. Speaking on, of YouTube. which, if anybody hasn't listened to the Celtic Holocaust by Dan Carlin on Hardcore History, yo, shut up. Fucking hold on. amazing, amazing episode of the podcast. Here we go, hold on. Oh. Oh. Was it was that you or Google? That was Google. That was me repronouncing the YouTube pronunciation for it. No, anyway. let, let the people hear the YouTube pronunciation. <sighs> no, I have my volume turned down so it won't All right. echo. Alright, so it's oof. Anyway. Collector oof. <laughs> it's one in a green for a two-two. Not really excited. Creature oof. <laughs> but it's a stony silence on a stick. Yeah. Activated abilities of artifacts can't be activated. Now, this is in... Symmetric. It's symmetric, but it's green sun zenithable. And we have decks like Carnpost and Bomberman really making a push right now that this card does a number against. Yeah, I, I do think this card is absolute one of. Okay. And that's all I'm saying. Uh, and I think that that counts yep. because yeah, of Green Sun Zenith. Yep. I- I'll give you that for sure. I mean, it's a it's a sweet card. You know, it's it's just a 1-2-2 a two, two for a 2, but it's a, also a null rod, so pretty sweet. And it's not qualified, too. So it's your Ancient Dens, all that shit's fucking shut down. Completely. Just like Stony Silence or a null rod. Yep. So, yeah, it's pretty sick. Okay. The next card that I think warrants consideration... Well, oh, sorry, Plague Engineer, we got. Yeah, so I'm not super high on this card. I think it's gonna see play. Bro, it seems like a lot of people are, though. Yeah, I mean, it's fine. Yeah. Like, it's an engineered plague on a dude. This card would not have stuck out to me. I'm sure, like, decks like Aluren would want one, you know what I mean? But, like, 
it, this card didn't really touch my radar like I feel like it did for some other people. Well, I think I think clearly it has the power level to be able to be legacy playable. Yeah. And the fact that it has death touch and it's not just like a 2-2 two, two for 3 makes it like marginally better, but it's uh it, it's going to it's going to take a certain deck to be able to use this well. And I think it's just pretty much sideboard consideration only. And decks that were playing Engineered Plague might want to play this instead. Yeah, which we don't really see Engineered Plague very much. Like, it's usually a response to something, you know? Like, even when True Name... And True Name's really sort of dissipated with Narset popping up. Which, I don't know if that's right or wrong, necessarily. But I just haven't seen a lot of them online, so... So do we want to give this card a half? Yeah, I'm totally comfortable with that. Alright. I feel like we should be arguing more, but this whole this whole half thing... We could end up spending a ton of time talking about, and we're, man, we're already almost an hour in. Really? Yeah. Oh Jesus. Well, so I feel like we're we're pretty well aligned here because you are incentivized to argue for the cars instead of against them. So we're more naturally aligned now. Okay, I I can agree with that. What about this next card though? Technology. Oh man. So it's borderline. Okay, so this card's tectonic Re- reformation. And it's a one and a red enchantment that gives all of your lands in your hand cycling for red. And it has cycling for two. So you can sort of turn all of your lands into cyclers to apply with life from the loam and other engines like that. But we had a card already. We had trade roots. Yeah. And trade roots was a blue enchantment that sort of did a similar thing. I don't, I could be wrong. But I don't think we're going to see play from this card. I don't think so either. And the reason that I think... A lot of people are talking about this with lands. Like the deck lands. But red mana was always kind of a tougher thing for lands, right? Like they, they would have the groves. And they would have, you know, two taigas. And then they're, they're mox diamonds. But it's not like a, a red deck the way it's a green deck. You know what I mean? And I think you'd have to do some serious twisting of the mana base to really machine gun this card like you can with like a you know, trample thicket and bury more or something like that or a canopy in a thicket but yeah like, I, I feel like the fact that they can already always like already just straight up play cycling lands right means that they can play this game anyway like they they have enough selection to be able exactly, to exactly bro exactly and if you have an active loam going you're winning that game anyway yep so yeah this i don't know man it's, i i I would be more interested in this card with like uh, one of those land tax builds that like would have to play Swirl Rack, but to, to play this instead, like like some like some sort of like parfait, like a white red plateau land tax kind of painter deck or something. Like I could see it more applicable there even. But I I, I wouldn't call this card you know legacy playable by default. Okay, so Mirrodin besieged. Alternate win con, Pat Uglo loves cards like this. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm in a few group chats where people are really pumped about this card that is a modal enchantment. So it costs two and a blue. And when it enters the battlefield, you choose Mirren or Phyrexian. And if you choose Mirren, anytime you cast an artifact, you get a 1-1 mirror. That's an artifact. And if you choose Phyrexian, at the beginning of your end step, you get to draw a card and discard, so you loot. And if there are 15 or more artifact cards in your graveyard, you can make target opponent lose the game. 
So the only the only application that I saw for a card like this was maybe you get to play it in uh, an encore deck, like a breakfast style deck. Yeah. That might play Stoneforge with equipment. You have Aether Vials. Maybe you work the mana to be able to have Baleful Strixes. Or somehow you play more you artifacts. You have to play like to... Ancient Dens or something. Yeah, like something that you get to win on your end step if you mill your deck. I'm I'm not going to call this Legacy playable, but I could see a world where it is. Yeah, what, what bothers me about it is... You know, you're not getting enchantments in, like, you're not cheating them in or anything. Like, you you have to cast this at sorcery speed. And the mirror inside of it is not really as good as I think it would have to be for it to to warrant consideration. Like, as, okay, this is my fail state, you know what I mean? In that deck, like, if you're playing, you know, vials and equipment and ancient dens or something, you're not triggering this very much, right? Right. So it's, it's strictly, like, that with that wing con right well you get a loot you get i guess a loot yeah yeah as well. that's true but the loot happening in your end step makes it less valuable than if it happened in your draw step true or or main phase one but um i just wanted to touch on that because i know a lot of people were talking about it yeah i'm not i'm not super pumped right. but i want to talk about all these cards together like i'm gonna do with the next set of cards that i talk about but fucking ninjas man yeah, what are the ninja cards, man? There, there are a lot of them, and there are a lot of them that like have potential in that blue black ninja shell. Yep. that we were seeing a little bit earlier in this format. That like these are just really, really good cards. Yeah, I remember seeing them all individually, but I'm, I'm like having trouble recalling them. Is it Moonblade Shinobi? That's one of them that we'll talk about later. But this was like sort of the first spot that when we we're going through this list, we saw a ninja. And I don't think this one's very good. I don't think Mist Syndicate Naga oh, is yeah, yeah. going to end up mattering. But I think we're going to see some playable ninjas we're going to talk about later. And I think we're going to see some playable slivers too, man. Oh, I was not ready to talk about slivers. Interesting. Oh, I love some of these. Dredgescape right. Sliver. The Flying Haste Sliver. Yeah, that one is really Ooh. good, obviously. Ooh, I think I think there are multiple playable slivers. I think Ab- that that absolutely. was the only one that really stuck out, but we'll we'll take a look, I guess, when we get to them. So Everdream is cool to splice onto a fluster storm. Bro, how sick like I just I love that card. I love that design of that card. Like I, I want to play that card so bad. Like, I played a lot of Whispers of the Muse right before I stopped playing Magic. Yep. Which is a card from, uh, if people don't remember it, it's from, like, Tempest Block, and it's one blue draw card, but it had a buyback five. Buyback five. So you can play that with Capsize and yep. play, like, use that as, like, an end-step tome. Exactly. Then, it was then tome, cycled, yeah. cycled for one mana. I, I love playing that card. Yeah, it's, and th- this card is so reminiscent of that. Even the art, too, is, I feel like is a callback. Yeah, it sort of has a uh, has a memory lapse-ish sort of feel to it, doesn't it? It has like a Jumara feel, right? Yes. Yeah. It, it's really unfortunate that like most of the copies of your Flusterstorm are just going to fizzle if you splice this on. Yeah. But, but. You have to pay for your own thing, right? How would that work? 
So you have to choose all the targets right when it happens. Yeah. Well, right when your your fluster storm goes on, the storm copies go on the stack. So like, if you knew your opponent wasn't going to be able to pay for your first fluster storm copies, your last fluster storm copies could copy each other, and you get to draw a card for every other fluster storm copy. Right, every other one, yep. So you could put um, them at each other, and half of them will get countered, but half of them will go off. Right. Yep, I got it. Right. Factor fiction being in modern. Ooh-wee. Is that the first time a card's been banned in Legacy but legal in Modern? Yeah. Wait. <laughs> I don't want to say yeah. I might be wrong. I'm gonna assume yeah. I'm just fucking with you. It's not banned in Legacy. It was. We it, had we we looked this up. It was at one point banned in Legacy. Yeah, when it corresponded with the vintage restraint of this, it was not legal in Legacy. Well that's I play I played back then and I yeah. remembered I remembered Factor Fiction being banned. Alright. So okay. Also, at that point in time, Regrowth was banned in Legacy. It was, because it was restricted in Vintage. Yeah. It was restricted in Vintage times, until, like, 2012. But times have changed. You know how I love to listen to uh, so many Insane Plays backlog episodes uh, to fall asleep at night? The episode where Regrowth gets unbanned is one of the classics, man. Because they're convinced it's going to wreck the format. But, anyway, continue. Tribute Mage. Tribute Mage? Is that the one that tutors for JIT? Tutors for JIT, Thopter, Sword. It basically is another combo piece for a Thopter Sword deck that gets both pieces. So yes, it tutors for JIT. But when I saw this card, I was like, hmm, maybe with Urza, there there is more of a stable base for a Thopter Sword deck in Legacy, and this might be a piece of that. Bro, so you just blew right past Scale Up, huh? Uh, is this the pump? Did I skip the pump spell? Yeah. I skipped the pump spell. So Scale scale Up is a sorcery for, for just green, and it turns a creature into power, toughness, 6-4 until end of turn. This is playable in effect. Absolutely. So are we giving we're giving this a full point? I would give it a full point, sure. Okay, I agree with you. I think that's the absolute right spot for it. And man, getting an extra five power for one green, yeah. Whew. Just when infect is good, that's when it's good, right? When you can have days back with like a turn two kill off, just like you know, straight forest glistener elf. And then just kill them with a scale up invigorate. It doesn't always work because become immense. Uh, you don't have the delve yet on turn two, so you need something like hierarch invigorate invigorate to get that turn two kill. But this enables so much more with berserk, with oh, this yeah. spell. What do we got? Squirrel's nest. Yeah. Uh, not going to talk about it. So I'm sorry. You were you were talking about the bad. Um, the bad trinket mage. Well, it's a tutor. Yeah. Yeah. Were, were you trying to call this card uh, a one or what? No, I was not trying to call it a one. I was just okay. saying, look, if we're being thorough, if we're going through everything, tribute mage is a potential. Is he holding a sword of the meek as a two? Yes. Yes. What he a is. fucking slob, man. He's did- just cleaning it. He is not wielding it. He's like, hmm. I just had to go get this out of the vault. <laughs> to give it to the Stopter token. He's inspecting it. Yeah, it's a, I don't know, man. 
going down, now we're into the uncommons. So there's not really a lot of uncommons that I saw. Uh, Saddleback Sliver here, the red one. Hellbent Sliver. No, because I feel like if you've dumped all of the cards out of your hand yeah. with slivers, you're just you're swinging and they're dead anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't need to talk about that. But uh, salty, salty slug. Salty slug. Best, best flavor text of the set, for sure. Bro, there's a lot of fourth wall breaking in the set. I'm okay with it. Yeah, you like it. I don't know, man. It makes me uncomfortable. But I'm okay with it because the art isn't as silly as like Battlebond was, so it's not bothering me that bad. Let's go through the rest of the colored commons. Mother Bear. I I don't think that there's anything else. None of the ninjas? Well, not these ninjas. I think we need to get into the multicolored ones. So, what's your next card? The card I'm most excited about from the set. So you're in multicolored now, right? I'm in multicolored. And you didn't stop at the first card? No, it's definitely the first card. Okay. Ren Ren in six with Dak Faden. Bro, Ren in six with fucking Mox Diamond, how about? How about you read this card for everybody who lives in a hole and yeah. hasn't seen Ren in six, which is like it's sick. He's, like, got a tree mech. Is that what that is? He, yeah, I feel like he's... Yeah. I thought it was a backpack. No, I feel like it's a mech. Like, he is, like, one yeah, with okay. the tree. I, right? I see it now. All right, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's let everybody know what this card does. All right, so it's red and a green planeswalker. It's called Ren and Six. I don't know what that's supposed to mean. But Ren and I Green think six for is the tree. It's like it's, got, it's like Ren and Stimpy. So it's got three loyalty, and it's got a plus one, return up to one target land card from your graveyard to your hand. So it's a, it's a crucible, basically. That it's, a, it's a Planeswalker that goes up to four. So if you play this off, off a diamond on the play, you're just pitching a land to your graveyard, paying out you know for diamond, playing out a land, casting this, getting the land back to your hand. You have a Planeswalker at four. What the fuck is going to pressure that Planeswalker at four? And then it's minus one is deals one damage to any target. So if you thought Delver was going to pressure it, it's not. I mean, I guess they can hit your Delver and then they got to bolt it. Now you have three for one then with this fucking card. This card is like the most snowball-y lone diamond card that I could think of. Like, I would rather have this in Southern Library, I think. Ooh. It, it, they're both very good. I, I think this is one of the best cards in the set. This is fucking if, incredible card. If if I was ranking the power level, I think this is number one. And uh, Echo of Eons, I would probably put it number two. Well, yeah, in terms of raw power, I would. Th- there's a couple lands that I would call like more playable, more like inherently playable. But yeah, raw yeah. power, sure. All right, so. Tons of applications with cards like like anything that you would see out of a Life from the Loam shell, this card works well with. Yeah, and there's that ultimate too, we should say. Minus seven, you get an emblem with instance and sorcery cards in your graveyard have 
retrace. I'm not sure how relevant that's going to be. But. Well, I feel like in a rug shell that plays Ren and Six and plays Dak Faden and plays more instants and sorceries, that might be a little bit more of a reactive rug shell. Okay. That could that could potentially be very relevant. I mean, I could see cashing it in because you know it's about to eat, right? And like just having retraces some value. So I, I definitely think that the emblem will be made, but I'm just not sure if you're gonna like build around it, for example. I got you. All right. Cloud Shredder Sliver. Red and a white for a one one sliver. And it's sliver rare, so you know it's good. Yeah, I mean it's it's got that gold logo, man. Sliver sliver creatures you control have flying in haste. <sighs> that it not being blue could potentially make Force of Will a little bit more awkward in the sliver shell. But giving your slivers haste and flying out of one card that you already you always like you want your vial to be on two for slivers anyway. I feel like this card just slots right in to the sliver deck and it's it's a pretty big upgrade. It's going to be interesting, though, because of what you just said with regard to the blue count in the sliver deck, right? I don't know, because there's Diffusion Sliver, there's Crystalline Sliver, there's Force of Will, obviously. I don't know how much you need those winged slivers, and whether you might like end up splitting this with winged sliver just to keep your blue count valid, you know what I mean? I agree, but I I think that it is definitely of the power level oh, for yeah. that deck. Yeah. And warrants warrants a, at least a half. I would... I would be willing to give this a one if we take all the slivers. How many other slivers are you going to put into consideration? Well, this was the only one that I was giving one, but I was I wanted to make an honorable mention to quite a few of the two-drop slivers that have relevance with some interactions in Legacy. See, I'd be comfortable giving this a one if this was the only sliver that got a grade, you know what I mean? All right, here we go. It's a one. All right. That's it for Slivers. <laughs> we can still talk about the other ones, but I, I just think that this is the most playable one, and I think that Slivers only deserves a one total because of its metagame share, that's all. All right. So, speaking of the tribal stuff, Fallen Shinobi. Yeah, this is the one here. Yeah. Okay. So, it's a five drop in black-blue, and that's not great. So, its actual casting cost is three of black and a blue for a five-four zombie ninja and it's got ninjutsu for four but when it deals combat damage the player it damaged exiles the top two cards of their library and you get to play those cards for free until the end of the turn yeah so it's very notion thief like like uh it's like thief of sin it's like the Barry bonds steroids era thief of sanity yeah this is this this is such a sick top end for that deck that that ninja deck that we've seen pop up so many times and even this week it popped up like this is just such a sick one of top end oh what are you putting in a ninja deep hours not putting this fucking card right yeah, this this card in that shell, four mana is a bit to get to, and you get to, you have to sort of tap out to be able to do this. But if you're able to protect it, 
maybe clear the way with some discard to know that this is going to connect. Yeah. This snowballs really quickly. Well, it doesn't have to connect, right? It just has to... Or, I mean, you know, it does have to connect, but you get to, like, swing with a Strix and then ninjutsu this in. So it's kind of like it doesn't have to get through, like, any walls or anything like that, you know? So it's... Oh, right. I just meant, like, if you if you get to activate its ninjutsu and yeah. it doesn't get it doesn't get removed... Right. Then you are just... You're living... You're living the dream. Right. Yeah, this card is, is really pretty sick. It's, it's definitely... Uh, definitely a fun card. So what what do you think about Hogak? Bro, this card so I at first glance I was like this is going to be playable. But then I oh. stopped to think about like tapping a green two green or black creatures at sorcery speed to cast it. And I'm not really so sold anymore. Yeah, I don't think this card is playable. Yeah, I I, I really don't see a spot for it. It's it's very very powerful obviously. But it's so sorry, we should read it. It's five Golgari Golgari for an 8 8 legendary creature, but you can't pay mana to cast it. It has delve and convoke, and you can cast it from its grave from your graveyard, and it has trample. So it's a 8 8 Gurmag with trample, but you have to convoke two creatures to cast it. It's interesting, yeah, man. I just, I, I don't know. I feel like all of the sort of graveyard based decks are could be doing something better. I wonder and, uh, I wonder about like Icarids though and like uh, blood gas and shit. I think the best use of this card is exiling to put an Icarid into play. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's Yeah, uh, yeah you're probably right. Honestly, right. yeah, you're probably right. What uh, about are you gonna argue for Ice Bang Coatl? No, no. I mean, it, no. It's a, it's a. What do you call that card? Baleful Strix. No, no, no. Coiling Oracle. Yeah. I feel like this has got to see play in in that Coiling Oracle deck, right? Like uh, Alluring. Okay, like Alluring. Yeah, I wasn't gonna make an argument for it. It might fit in in an Alluring shell, but I, I just don't know, man. <laughs> Are you going to argue for Kaya's Guile? No, I think it's too overcosted. It does a lot of cute things, but you're never going to entwine it. Making one token. I don't think you'd ever mana. want to entwine it, right? Because, like, gaining four life and making a 1 1 token, like, is that worth three mana? Even if you have, like, infinite mana, I just wouldn't want to be bothered to tap it for that shit. Yeah, I think you're, you're probably almost always going to make a token. Yeah, like you're well, you're you're either going to be making your opponent sack a creature and making a token, or exiling their graveyard and making a token. That's true. Yeah. So, I don't know. I just I think it's too overcosted. Yeah. And while the abilities are nice, it's it's too much mana. It is kind of nice to like greater realm your sideboard though to have like an edict, but also a crypt in one card. So if it sees play, I think it would kind of be in that spot but the fact that it's three and the black white deck doesn't have death right to ramp anymore so this isn't like a turn two play i just don't see it because of those realities yep what do you think about unsettled mariner the two two changeling for a white and a blue that uh gives all of your creatures of that type a sort of um Days trigger? 
Days trigger, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I was trying to trying to come up with yeah, no, what I, I would describe that is, as. Right? I didn't think this card was playable, but you you mentioned something about it being like a good sliver or something like that. Well, I feel like because it's... Uh, I think because you have Crystalline, it's probably not a good sliver. But I'm sure that there's some maybe humans tribal synergy i'm sure that that's probably more relevant to modern but we saw that humans deck pop up quite a bit in legacy well that's the thing like with modern or i should i should preface everything that i say with like i haven't played a lot of modern in a long time but there was a lot more like jonding out creatures like shoot this shoot that shoot this where really those decks are worried about terminus like in legacy like their slivers your humans like those decks get get wrathed they don't get like individually removed they're gonna beat the hell out of you on card advantage if you try to do that absolutely so i'm not really sure how applicable it is for legacy because of that but i could be missing something like i haven't played a lot of those travel decks it's not green sunnable so i don't like that aspect of it but it it is a recruiter of the guardable at least all right so another ninja and in these black blue decks this is almost just a straight-up upgrade to Ninja of the Deep Hours. Yes. Yep. So, Ingenious Infiltrator is two, a blue and a black, for a 2-3 ninja with ninjutsu, black, blue. And whenever a ninja you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So, it compares favorably to Ninja of the Deep Hours. The only difference being that Ninjutsu is black blue instead of one blue, and the casting cost instead of three blue, it's two blue black for an extra point of toughness. So you at least get a little bit of redundancy in that spot if it's something that you wanted. Yeah, this one, see, I, I would give this a one, honestly, because for, for all the ninjas out there, like this is the four of ninja, right? I feel like this is more of a four four of ninja than fallen shinobi for sure. Oh, absolutely! I, I think that that's more like a one of ninja, and this is like the four of. This is the ninja that gets the one, in my opinion. This is like right. baleful strix, a couple snapcasters, this thing, you know that that's the core of your ninja deck, right? So, nature's chant, yeah, is just a strictly better disenchant. I don't know about strictly better because there is one thing about this is you can't you can't play a beta version right no it's not it's not that it's you could always get this altered to look like a real card but basically I think that if you're in white or if you're in green you're gonna end up splitting this with naturalizer disenchant just because of the metal image cabal therapy realities of it right like if you're in both colors it's strictly better because you can cast it off a forest or a plains but if you're just in naturalized colors or you're just in disenchant colors i think you still end up splitting okay so uh the sword cycle (laughs) i was so pumped when i saw that they were they were coming out with the allied sword colors and these two cards suck Bro, you you don't like the blue white one? No, I don't either. But from just just from playing with Narset in the past few days, I kind of respect it. And I guess from playing so much War Limited with Proliferate, like the Stoneblade decks I'm thinking of now, 
like you have Jace obviously and Jit that you can proliferate onto, but those are both very win more. Like if you have two active equipment, or if you have Jace with a yeah, true name and active absolutely. equipment, like that's if you have, hella win if you're more. like, man, if you have a Jace and a Narset and you have this card, like no, you have a Jace and a fucking Narset, you do not need this card. Well, no, so I think that Narset is the non-win more version of of proliferating because Narset gets stuck. Like it only goes down and there's no way to get more counters on it. But if you can connect with this and get an extra, extra activation out of it, that's kind of worth something. I still don't think this card is playable, but I think it's more interesting because of that too. I think it's too cute. It's interesting, but it's bad. And I'm (laughs) pissed because I like the swords and I don't like this one. And like, I, I should like the white blue one. Like this should be, this should be the one for me. And I read it and I'm like, you fucked up the white blue sword. Yeah. Like what does proliferate have to, isn't that a green sword? Like <sighs> I, I, I understand proliferates in white, but like, it's not the white blue sword thing to do. Like it's the, yeah. it's the, the white green sword. This is the white green sword. Honestly. Yeah, it's it's not though. It's not, and sort of sinew and steel. Like, yep, yep, yep. We, I mean, yeah. so do you want to read Mox Tantalite or do you want to just skip it? I mean, I don't think this card's playable. No, I don't think it's playable. So it's got it's an artifact that has no casting cost, but it has to spend three for zero. So. If it's in your opening hand, you get to suspend it, and then on turn four, you get it, and it taps to add a mana of any color, but, like, that's a card that you don't get its ability until turn four, and in all honesty, on turn four, you're probably not curving out your land drops in Legacy too much. You, you could have just had another land. Yeah, it's, it's silly, man. Like, I, I don't... I can't imagine even like a what you think about like silly like restore balance shit as foretold shit like I still don't want this card. So I agree. I, I just don't see this card at all. Yeah, me too. Bro, when I saw Altar of Dementia, I was pumped because I thought it was Phyrexian Altar going into modern. And I thought that there was going to be some like turn 3 zombie deck, but No, this is the this is the this mill is, one. Yeah. Which still has combo potential, just not not mana producing yeah. combo. Yeah. Um, Scrapyard Recombiner. I don't know if this card's legacy playable, but it might be vintage playable. It's a workshop to cast. It's a zero zero construct with modular two. Sacrifice an artifact. Search your library for a construct. Oh my god! Yeah, this card is fucking absolutely vintage playable. So I I don't I don't think it makes an impact in legacy, but everything else here. Not worth talking about. There are the were is this like the talisman cycle? Was this not complete before? Are these new cards? I think it was just allied colors before. Okay, so now and they have, completed the cycle. I wouldn't be shocked if these showed up in some sort of splash Tezzeret thing, like the, tal- yeah. the blue red, especially talisman. But I don't think it's worth the point. Yeah, the um. The Arkham's Astrolab, the one snow artifact that 
it it cantrips and allows you to filter. <laughs> yep. I, I mean, this. I don't, I don't, I don't think it's gonna see play, but it's an interesting card to keep track of. Yeah. Because cantripping, cantripping artifacts in other formats have done some things, and I mean, you can you can convert this into mana using using some some things. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So okay. what the fuck? I hadn't seen this the arts for the snow covered lands. What the fuck is this shit? You get hurt using these things, but like you can't tell what kind of land like the the mountain is as mountainous as the forest or the plains. Like what the fuck is wrong with this shit? And it doesn't well, even a, have like there's a there's a hint of red in the mountain. Yeah, like what the fuck? And the plains looks like the island. Who mailed this shit in? Travis Titus Lunter. Titus Lunter, there we go. Wouldn't you know? Mailed it in. But you know who didn't mail it in? The Horizon Canopy cycle. Bro, this is this cycle, the fact that this cycle exists blows my mind. So I don't think we really need to talk about this too much. They're dual lands that you can't fetch. You pay a life when you get mana, but you tap one and sack them and you drink it to draw a card like Horizon Canopy. I would call the black one absolutely playable, or either of the black ones, I should say, absolutely playable in Pox deck. I would call the, the red-white one or red-blue one absolutely playable in Burn. Like, I don't know if it's a one-of or two-of or three-of. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, there's tension with Fire Blast. But basically what I'm trying to say is a lot of these cards have spots. I agree. The the green black one for lands, like that's that's better than green white, right? Uh the green black? Or for loam especially, really. For aggro loam. Yes, like the, for aggro loam. That's sick for them. Yeah. And for lands too, if they're trying to like splash for Assassin's Trophy or something. But anyway. Uh they're they're clearly playable. And Okay, so there's there's two more cards I think that we want to talk about, and I, I think we should start with Hall of Heliod's Generosity. Does this make Standstill playable again? Bro, I don't think Standstill's playable with Narset. So I would love this card in the Standstill deck. But the problem, I don't think you can play Standstill right now. If I was thinking about it yesterday, because I sketched out all these Standstill lists with Vivian's Arkbell, and like if somebody just drops a Narset, like... You have to deal with that before you can play a standstill because they can just crack your standstill. You know what I mean? Like at their yeah, but I mean, time, you get the standstill under their narset. You can get the standstill under their narset. Yes, absolutely. But that's if you have the standstill to start. Right? This is like recurring standstills. I, <sighs> but I thought that it had a powerful enough effect. To where I could see it, but I don't really believe it. Well, I think it's for sure like Enchantress, right? Yeah, but like Enchantress wants to be explosive and... I... Yeah, but just to be able to, to get back Enchantress Presence or whatever it's called. Like, you have to start exploding from somewhere, right? Okay. I, I don't know. I, I think that this card is absolutely like the missing... Valras Stronghold, Academy Ruins, Peace. You know what I mean? Like, I think it's as playable as those cards. Okay. 
So, I'm willing to be wrong about that. I don't see it. Hmm. You know, well, yeah, that's fair. But, like, I think that there's the standstill thing that you just mentioned, but also, like, Enchantress. And I, I wonder... Like, there's other decks, too, like the the Helm Rest in Peace deck, you know what I mean? Like, there's there's other places where I think that this card can just slot in. So, I, I'm definitely willing to give this half a point. Okay. So, I, I think you changed my mind on the whole, this is the card that Enchantress wants. I just think the fact that it's colorless and that it activates for white is kind of awkward. I know they have lots of ability to produce mana but it's mostly green and i know that you're naming white with your other green enchantment that uh enchants a land abundant but growth. abundant growth there we go i played it in modern i forgot the card's name but this next card is gonna like completely change legacy mana bases i think yeah this card man this card is worth at least two points i'd say i ordered my playset today on tcg player how much? How much? Sixteen each. Wow. It's so not, not great, but I, I just need them. I think I think it's like an auto include in a lot of decks. Yeah, absolutely. It, and how could it not be? And the thing that's driving me crazy, bro, is people keep talking about like burn or like yeah. You know, people people keep like, comparing this card to fucking uh, terramorphic expanse. Yeah, well, that's and that's a whole other problem. But I I don't want to talk to those people. But like saying that like this card slots into burn or whatever, it's like this card doesn't slot into burn any more than fucking Arid Mesa does. You know what I mean? Like this actually doesn't affect a monocolor decks whatsoever. Like this is just well, a, think, another valid option. I think a monocolor deck like Death and Taxes that wants to be super basic heavy, that in the past has relied off of splashes like a red splash or a black splash for the sideboard or a few main deck cards. It just makes that splash so much easier now. Well, yeah, yeah. So if, you're, go- all, if you're going into a second all of your fetch color. lands are on color. Right. And this gets both... Ba- like, I just... I think it's I think it's great. Yeah, you can now painlessly go into red, black, or green. Or blue, I guess. So I've seen... Yeah, I've, se- I've seen every color tried in Death and Taxes. Maybe because we play with Aaron at our local, but... Uh, I've seen people reach into black, reach into red, you know, uh, Magus of the Moon or whatever. Like, you can you can now painlessly reach in because you don't have to play bad fetches. You can just play four arid mesas and however many of these you want and be able to get planes with all your fetch lands. It's really, really sick for that opportunity. Really sick for, like, the dead guy deck. Uh, really sick for miracles, obviously, and and stone blade like blue white blade decks, or even even on the splash, man, I would have played this card for sure over marsh flats that cost me I don't know how many games over time I was testing with Esper because I couldn't fetch an island turn one I had opened myself up to wasteland, you know. Like this card is very playable in a ton of spots, and if you don't see it, I don't know what to tell you. I, I agree. We didn't fight at all. Yeah, because... Am I, getting, am I getting fucking soft? Bro, because we were aligned on this, because you had to pretend to like the cards. But, but yeah, okay. You're right. If we switched, yeah. if we switched, it probably would have been a better case. It, it would have been like the, the Celtic Holocaust all over again. Have you ever listened to Hardcore History? I have not. 
it's the best podcast in the entire fucking world. It's six hours per episode. It's just this history teacher just talking about shit. It's fucking awesome. So did we... I'm going to go back to my notes. because So what we had done is I had made like this little list in order of like how playable I thought the cards were. But then we ended up going down the uh, Mythic Spoiler list. It looks like the only card that we missed is... Uh, throws of chaos. You know yeah, we it? talked about we talked about everything else. Yeah, nice. Do you know what throws uh, of chaos is? No, I don't actually. So it's uh, three and a red for a sorcery, and it just says two words on it: cascade and retrace. Oh. And I've heard this card getting buzz and lands basically. For five? For is it f- for for three and a red? Is thought, that what you said? I thought it was for three and a red, yeah, is it not? I Oh. Yeah, three and a red sorcery, cascade and retrace. So basically can't, can't you just like merit lage them and then they die before that? Yeah, I guess. But so basically in theory, if you cast this, you're getting either punishing fire, life from the loam, uh exploration. Or, uh, I guess Mox Diamond would kind of suck. I'm not in on this. I've just seen people talking about it. I actually really don't like this now that we're sort of working through it. Me too. I'm off it. Okay, cool. Perfect. So, so I think I think we did a pretty good job running down every potentially playable card that we saw. And I'm sure that there are a few more. The 1-1 Changeling artifact creature that's a new card i thought so oh i I figured it existed before because it's so such a basic design i figured it was in like one of the earlier changes like sets. i i don't think it is maybe i'm wrong i could be right man i i i wouldn't think it was playable though you think it might be well i mean it gives tribal decks an extra one drop right i i don't i don't think it's good okay I'm probably wrong. I can't I want, look it up. I wonder what the tribal deck... I guess Merfolk, right? Is a, a tribal deck where you might want another one drop? Well, you have the new loot one drop when you when you put a counter on it. Right, yeah. You have that guy, and then you have Curse Catcher. So well, I don't think you want more than eight. Right? Yeah. Yep. And I don't know, Slimmer, like, like humans, your ones are, like, so much better than that, yeah. That is a true story. But there are too. you can have you can pair that with metallic sliver. You could have eight. We can go one drop slivers. Okay. Listen, slivers yep. was like one of my favorite decks when I when I used to play back in the day. God I fucking hated slivers. Bant oh, Bant slivers, mana leak, force of will, crystalline sliver, muscle sliver. See, slivers was different when you played. I guess that that's yeah. not the sliver deck I was thinking of. What what sliver deck were you thinking? I was thinking of, of like shadow slivers. <laughs> Oh no, that's lame. We're yeah. talking straight, straight bant OG slivers. Okay, I wasn't around for that. So if we were to miss on a card, like a card that we didn't mention that just fucking takes legacy over by storm, then we're bad, and we nobody should listen to our podcast. <laughs> I feel like we we kind of looked at this whole list, and there wasn't a card that I, I feel like we totally missed. So yeah, I'm, okay, I'm so confident saying we covered it all. Here's here's the score. 11 with the one of cycle discounted as one. Right. Let me just double check that. 
1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11. Man, it was closer than I thought. Yeah. It was 11. Yeah, that's about what I had when I was just saying it up myself. So I I would have tried to make a case for Soul Herder just because I love that card. It seems very you. Yeah, I'm gonna try. I, to play I would it. have. I I would dump on it as soon as you sent me a deck list that had it in it. So I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> One thing that I wanted to mention too that we didn't talk about was Prismatic Vista fetching wastes and what that opens up with regard to splashing and Eldrazi decks. I think that that's a, a very cool angle of that card too. That is is certainly worthy of discussion, and I think we'll see some cool stuff coming out eventually. All right. So if people want to talk to you about how you need to do a better job of choosing what you're going to bet stuff on. Even though <laughs> we haven't like we we haven't actually bet anything. You're just like taking L after L after L. Bro, you've taken 3 in a row. You're about to live in St. Louis. I uh, You're taking 4. That's you're taking 4. four. That's, yeah, that's that's a uh, Baker's dozen. Uh yeah at ian18125 on twitter and if people want to get in touch with you to congratulate you on knowing that there were going to be playable cards in modern horizons how should i do that at t smiley mtg and the cast at dead format cast listen i yeah i don't know if you want to send us emails deadformatcast at gmail.com you can be like our buddy john stanton and tom uh, tom stanton tom stanton and get us on the Gmail. And uh, that's it. That wrap. <sighs> so, in our in our episode with Marcus, I just I have to talk about this. You called you called our measurement system freedom units, and <laughs> no joke. Less than a week later, the United States government is rebranding natural gas as freedom gas. Bro, I'm, they're listening to our podcast. It's a beautiful thing, man. This like, is the fucking world we're living in. We're exporting it all around the world. We're the number one producer of, of uh, natural gas, so it only makes sense, right? Freedom, freedom energy. 